All right, I got cut off in the, the last episode, 20 minutes. Wow. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through this video quickly because it's already 12, 13. I have a little bit more than an hour to get ready for work. But I really just wanted to go through this. Um, I believe the guy's name is Walter Williams, and he's going to be talking about the Confederate flag. Um, we're just going to do this quickly, briefly. I'm going to say a few things, and I'm just going to add this to what I talk about later on tonight. So let's get it. Text for you, Dr. Williams. Hello, Walter. My name is Devin. And I'm a 25-year-old half-black and half-white male from Virginia. I was just wondering what your opinion is on the new political correctness movement and the sudden cry of cultural appropriation from self-proclaimed allies of minorities. Well, I, I think we should ignore political, uh, the so-called political, uh, politically correct uh, uh, strictures. When people say to me, well, Williams, uh, you can't say that. Oh, I say, well, damn if I can't, because the First Amendment of the United States Constitution guarantees, guarantees me the right. He said, uh, well, I say, damn if I can't, because uh, the First Amendment, <laughs> I got the freedom of speech, brother. Uh, you want to say I can't say it again? Huh? Huh? I got a freedom to slap the taste out of your mouth. Huh? Huh? If I can't, because the First Amendment of the United States Constitution guarantees, guarantees me the right. And so I think that what we ought to do is ignore these people that are demanding that we change our language to accommodate some particular uh, uh, values that they might have. Front page of the New York Times recently <clears throat> was this article about Halloween. Costume correctness on campus. Feel free to be you but not me. And it's an uh, article about what is acceptable. Oh, and Pocahontas, Caitlyn Jenner, and Pancho Villa are no-no. Well, this this is another situation where you think about think about just what's going on. And by the way, Jersey Judah, back with another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. This will just be a short segment before I jump into what I want to talk about tonight. So this will just be a weird episode that just involves a series of segments. Um, the culture appropriation thing. Uh, white people shouldn't have dreadlocks. Um, other things that just to me is just stupid, right? Because on the other hand, everybody now, they're making everybody black. Uh, the Velma chick from Scooby-Doo, she becomes a black lesbian. She becomes a black lesbian. Um, you got Little Mermaid. She black. You know, black folks can't swim. I can't. I'm black. We can't swim. So why the fuck would we care if like this dumb shit? And, and somebody said, and it's a good point. I said, I bet you some white person, some white, probably conservative, one of the good whites. He was he pretty much said, uh, I guarantee you they won't make a uh, black Tarzan. You know, a person swinging from tree to tree. It's funny. It was a joke, but it was funny. But they want to, like I said, erase history in a lot of ways. So, like, the costume thing is like, don't be like Pocahontas. Don't do this. Don't do that. That's wrong. But then you see Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. They were in blackface in an old um, college party. You have Jimmy Fallon. He was in blackface as Chris Rock. But those were jokes. Um, Jimmy Kimmel. 
he was in blackface and black suit, technically, as Carl Malone. So where is the line in which we say, oh, that's entertainment or that's racist? Any person who has blackface is racist, right? Um, Dwayne's brothers looking like white chicks and acting like white bitches, that wasn't racist. The movie called White Chicks. Think about it. Also off limits are geisha girls and samurai warriors, but you can be a Crayola crayon, a cup of Starbucks, or where's wow. Waldo? <laughs> I think that's really that's really going going very far. I think I think our grandparents would be shocked by the kind of things that we accept as uh, that we just accept today. I think we should ignore them. Do you see political correctness at George Mason? Probably so. And but I, I ignore it there as well. I, I don't see it in any of my classrooms, and I'm not politically correct at all. I say whatever I, I, I want to say. As as that's that's how it should be in this country, though, right? And even if even if some people choose not to go along with that, they shouldn't criticize others who say fuck political correctness. You got somebody's car out here, fucking car alarm pieces of shit um probably some broken down Mazda fucking peons but um that's how it should be in certain in certain areas where it's like okay some people are politically correct some people don't want to offend everybody other people are just going to talk and, and speak what's on their mind and have and have a not a filter, but to have a level of presentation to where you're not just out here attacking people, threatening people or nothing like that. You're just telling it how it is. If you agree with something, you agree with something. If somebody asked me about the gays and their whole thing, I'm just going to say that's their prerogative. That's what they want to do. Do I agree with it? No. Do I wish harm for them? No. It's possible, people. You can you can disagree with a group of people, white people. You can you can disagree with Black Lives Matter because I disagree with Black Lives Matter. Right. You don't have to be considered hateful for disagreeing with a a particular movement. Now, it's the context. Maybe it's the context of how you say it with some people. Right. Because everybody's sensitive can't talk about any group without offending somebody. And so what happens is these entertainers, they all get put into a box and, and other people who follow entertainers, they all get put into a box. They, they, they almost categorize themselves by other people's activities and actions rather than their motive and what they need to do for their activities and actions. What the Oh, one person ain't talking about, you know, race issues. So maybe I'm not going to talk about it. Or as a black person, maybe I shouldn't talk about race issues because my opinions on race, you know, radical race relations is different, abstract, bizarre, unorthodox, if you will, to others. Now, is that going to stop me from saying what the fuck I got to say? Absolutely not. The country has given me the ability, First Amendment, to speak my mind, and I take responsibility 
Sometimes I say shit out of pocket, but it's only for entertainment purposes. And I'm not here representing a group or representing a, a terrorist organization or representing a gang or representing thuggery, representing violence. I'm representing free speech. And what the world should, the country should have is Second Amendment. And because this is the problem. This is why I figured out like some like if if there was everybody, if the Second Amendment was just a thing, we're pretty much back to the Wild West, but a safe Wild West. Now the criminals have competition. Nothing's more dangerous than a person who's not a criminal who wants to who who wants to protect their family, their kids, etc. So now these people have you know the means to protect themselves. Cops wouldn't be needed. We would have took over. Oh nah, y'all! I tell the cops, yeah, you in the wrong precinct. You gotta get out of this street. We got these streets. You start policing your own area. You start protecting your own community. And you show a le- uh, you show a level of leadership or a level of mentorship to the youth. You don't need cops. I'm a radical. I don't like police officers. I've said this before. Yes, I'm conservative to an extent, nigga. Not a fan of cops, right? Just not. I've never seen. I've, I've and I, me from my experience, I've never seen a police officer be useful in my area. In my area, the blacks, where I live at, amongst the blacks, we don't look at cops as useful, helpful. They're never, when it comes to the black youth and what they grow up with, um, the prejudices being looked at as something that you're not, you, you're going to get that firsthand from the police officers. And guess what? It's not a race thing because the black cops are the worst cops. Just something to think about. This is going to be the most hardest pause um, first segment slash intro to a podcast ever. Because like I said, I'm splitting this down to maybe 15, 20 minutes now. Boom. And then later on at work, like an hour and some change then. But I'm going to make it one episode just so I can have things semi-organized. But let's get back into it. But yeah, political correctness shouldn't be a requirement to everybody where you have groups who believe in political correctness and it's almost like a semi dictatorship where if you go out of that you go out of that region it becomes like you know you're going against you know you're going against the people right this whole idea of say the right things and all this other things. And and people just lie to each other because they don't even believe the shit they're saying. They just want to be respectful to others. The idea of inclusion, these businesses, like I said, time and time again, these businesses and corporations, they only use the gays, the trans and the blacks to appear diverse and inclusive in a business sense on a personal level. They probably can give a shit either way. Let's just be real. But the people now, it's like the gays and the trans, they're getting pandered to the way that the blacks used to get pandered to. Right. So it's this shift. And that's just on a social level. And I'm talking about on a political level, you're going to have more blacks be outsourced by uh, the illegal immigration that's taking place now. And. Because they already, it's like some of them, 
Some Democrats already figured that we got the blacks. We don't really need to do much. We'll promise something every now and then, but we got the blacks. They with us. There are blacks. That's that's probably how they talk behind the scenes. Well, our blacks, our uh, liberal blacks are more productive than the conservative blacks. You know what I mean? Like they probably have arguments. It's like slavery. Like I said, it's new age slavery. You got these old white separatists that were able to somehow erase history and to get anything besides Biden. Biden, Biden fucked up. That's number. Biden fucked up because everything that he said in the past, it's out there. All you got to do is have the time to be informed. Take time out of your day and inform yourself about the people you vote for. Back to the video. George Mason. So he was teaching. He was a author and economist, but he taught at George Mason. Okay, right. My son was looking at going to George Mason. Yeah, one of his best friends play on their basketball team. I think he's the starting point guard there. Yeah, shout out to Ronnie. All right, he black. And uh, and, and and my colleagues uh, tolerate me. Uh, I've been there. Th- I I think I started my thirty fifth year there. Wow. Steve in Arlington Heights, Illinois, texts into you. Can you speak to the anti-Confederate hysteria currently sweeping the nation? Let's get it. That's uh, what we're here for. Yes, I, I think that the Let's get I think it. people don't really understand much of the history of our of our country. I know I do not. I know I do not. Um, we had some people come in. Look, that's why I'm listening, and that's why I'm hoping that you guys listen. Because every now and then, it's like I, I goof around. I say a lot of retarded shit, but I try to um, incorporate a lot of these videos for a lot of us in this country, black, white, don't matter, for those to really wake up and see what's really going on, what's actually taking place that's out of the history books. And the idea, like it's like before when I talk about, you know, radical race relations, that's just cutting through the bullshit. Okay, let's learn about where slavery really came from. Let's learn about who's the first slaves, right? Let's learn about things outside of your TV set. Let's just be honest. You're not going to find this type of shit on TV. Or on radio. It's just not happening. My Discord one time. And um, and they were just coming to show love to the channel. They were showing they was coming to show love to the family and everything. And um, and they wanted to be a part of the discord. And people ran to me and was like, but we was checking them out. And in the background of their of their um, of their camera, I mean, in, in the background, uh, when they got their cameras on, they got they got up a, a Confederate flag. They got up an American flag. I was like, OK, yeah. And see that. We've been taught that, man. And a lot of these whites are responsible for lying to us. I want to throw that out there. Now, I don't have hatred for any race, personally. I I have compassion for every race. I can't say I have love for every race because I don't know every race. But if you truly know yourself, then you, you, you technically know others by them knowing themselves. The people who who aren't afraid to stand out you'll see yourself and others with that same spirit, that same energy. And that energy is only from 
God, right? Outside of religious, because like religion, it's like, well, which God, right? Is it Allah? Is it Yahweh? Is it God? Is it Confucius? Is it Buddha? No, it's God, nigga. God. And my own personal relationship with God is just that. You know, I talk about it, but I don't get into detail. You know, I was damn near, I damn near considered myself an atheist because of the Christian church. No disrespect to Christianity. But they're all going to lie to you, too. They got 501c3. They're, they're government property. Anyway. Like, man, the Confederate flag, man. They, they, Confederate they flag. Yeah. Like, oh, word? Jesus Christ. Okay, all right. So, Confederate flag is bad. So, anybody that got that up. So now dig this, right? Because I'm, I, I think on a realistic level. Now, what would they believe? What would a black say? Because you know the uh, the red, black, and green, the quote unquote African American flag, or whatever the fuck they call it, red, black, and green revolutionary flag, whatever. No disrespect, I just don't know what they consider it. Um, because me personally, I'm I'm the real radical. These other people, they're phonies. They get paid to talk about shit they do. I do this free time. Um, the, these people, right? Like it's hard. Like, cause, cause if you, if you put one of those flags, if a white person sees that flag and that white person considers that flag to be racist, because a lot of people who had that flag and talk about whites, they're not really too privy of the whites. Now, white people said, well, that's a racist flag, red, black, and green uh, flag. These niggas would lose their fucking minds, right? But now you got the Confederate flag. And I mentioned this before. If you remember, if if y'all if a lot of y'all are hip hop fans, which most people in this country are, um, look at uh Ludacris, look at Andre 3000, um, Goody Mob, all these black artists from down south had Confederate flags. They wore Confederate flags. But this culture appropriation shit, we're all supposed to go through sort of the uh the memory loss, you know, the men in black, the everybody lost memory of it. We don't remember it. It's like when people talk about Trump being racist and there goes the device again. Everybody forgets P. Diddy, Snoop Dogg, uh, all these black entertainers smiling, taking pictures with Trump before he got in office. It's crazy. So like the whole Confederate flag shit, I, I literally can care less. Like, my way of caring about it would be like, oh, that person has a Confederate flag? Oh, cool. Because even, like, I mentioned back in high school, that was a big deal, people with Confederate flags and all that. And I was cool with a lot of people. I went to a vocational school. But I was cool with a lot of people that were in um, diesel mechanics, and they were all pretty much redneck. They called themselves rednecks. That's They literally called themselves rednecks. It's like it's almost a comparison. If you think about it, there's a cultural shift, but it's still similar because there's there's blacks. We call each other niggas, especially young blacks. Niggas, we black. It's negative amongst other people, but amongst one another, it is what it is. That's how these rednecks were. They called each other rednecks, hicks, hillbillies, all this shit. They don't give a fuck. They do not care whatsoever 
the same way that black folks don't care. Now, the misrepresentation of the redneck is all these people are racist, they hate niggas and all this other shit. Absolutely false. And like I said, I had these interactions with whites in high school. So I I didn't I already looked past race when it came to racism. I just looked at it as there's some white people who are right, some white people who are wrong and some black people who are right and some black people who are wrong. Now, a part of them being wrong is sort of this racial superiority complex that they have. And the other side will always be inferior in this type of BS. Like that can be looked at as racist, but I don't think that has an effect on every person. You know what I mean? Because everybody had has their own experiences and own interactions, especially blacks when it comes to dealing with whites. But it's just weird. Like Even in high school, people looked at the Confederate flag a, a certain way. And with me, I literally did not give a fuck about it. I looked at it like, yo, that looks like the American flag. So that's it. I don't care. <laughs> looks like the American flag a little bit. And I think that was the Tennessee. Hold up. Let's look that up real quick. I meant to do that last episode. Uh... Confederate Confederate flag. I'm black. I'm a bit slow. Confederate Confederate. I said Confederate Confederate flag origin. Because I believe this was like a a Tennessee flag originally. I want to say it's a Tennessee flag originally. I could be wrong. No, I'm I'm wrong. It's actually um, the Alabama. The Confederacy's first official national flag, often called the Stars and Bars. Damn, the Stars and Bars. I ain't gonna lie, that sounds hot, man. The Stars and Bars flew from March 4th, 1861 to May 1st, 1863. It was designed by uh, American artist Nicola Marshall and... Marlin or Marlin, Alabama. But no, I believe that that flag was, um, it was a battle flag. And let me also read this because this is something to think about. Because I, I looked up what did the Confederates stand for? In 1860 and 1861, 11 Southern states seceded from the United States to protect the institute, excuse me, the institution of slavery, forming the Confederate States of America and sparking the U.S. Civil War. After the war, their flag was adopted as a symbol of Southern heritage. At the same time, it represented slavery and white supremacy. Now, this is what they say. I don't know what site this is from originally, but that's what they say. <clears throat> so the people who have the Confederate flag today, which obviously the Southern pride thing makes sense, right? It makes sense. It's like people don't think about how many German Americans, how many immigrants from Germany participated in the World War II um, fiasco where German Americans were siding with the U.S. to kill 
Nazi Germany. Like people don't really think about that that history that goes along with it. So the black heritage of the Southern hospitality, little reference to ludicrous. I mentioned him earlier. I'm black. Um, is based on the pride of being from that area. To be honest, they probably had relatives that fought black blacks who were slaves that fought for the Confederacy, that fought for their freedoms. You can look that up as well. Very fascinating. Civil War is a very fascinating time in the country because it's similar to what's socially going on today. The divide between sort of two parties and two ways of thinking. And at the same time, it hasn't really exceeded to just straight up violence. They kind of want a race war, but they don't. It's one of those situations. Uh, are bad people. And, um, and and then I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I used to look at the Dukes of Hazard. There it is. And on the top of their car, you know the Dukes of Hazard back in the day? Uh, okay, I'm telling my age a little bit, but I was young as heck when I was watching Dukes of Hazard. Y'all probably, some of y'all probably was um, about their age or a little older. But um, they used to drive around the car and jump over these jump over these um um what you call it these these little hills they hit like a dirt hill and jump over that bad boy and they was doing all types of crazy stuff but i thought that the top of their car um based off of what people have been telling me was racist so yep most um, people i'm glad that he's about to break this down because i really have um well i don't have any questions about it because i never really cared too much but um now we get to learn and see that's the difference this is the older gentleman. He black. He's kind of just getting the breakdown. Right? He's getting the breakdown of what the Confederate flag is in his age. When I was 15, 16, 17 in high school, and I hung out with some of the white kids and shit, they had the Confederate shit. I never even cared to ask them about it. I just I just looked at it as, okay, it's a Southern pride. I knew at that time what it was. It was mostly Southern pride. And I knew this because blacks, known blacks, especially the Southern rappers, like I said earlier, they wore Confederate flags. And David Banner, another example, they wore Confederate flags and all this other shit. And it's a Southern pride thing, first and foremost. Now, the slavery and white supremacy and a representation of the flag, if you put too much thought into it, then it becomes this white supremacy bullshit. But when I had all these motherfucking hillbillies and shit that they did, auto mechanics, I would see them at lunch or there was a couple of them that rode my bus because, like I said, I went to a vocational school. So my town was more or less like four or five towns away from the high school I went to. And a lot of the people, well, not a lot, a good portion of the people that I rode the bus with, they were taking diesel mechanics and they all had the similar, like, you know, the look, they had the similar look. And on Pride Day, they had something called Pride Day. Now, this is before the whole agenda of Pride was was there. So it was just Pride and who you are and what you represent and shit like that. And, you know, a lot of gang members, they would wear, you know, bandanas and shit. The Rednecks, they come in with Confederate flag uh, headbands and they had Confederate, they had big Confederate flags that they would wave in the school and everybody would get upset. And I would always say to myself, like, why doesn't this bother me? 
I always thought there was something wrong with me. What the? I'm looking at my. I'm looking at all the other blacks. I'm like, why are they tripping for it? That flag looks like the American flag. It, it would be the same thing as having an American flag. Like I wear, I wear an American flag headband every now and then. I might wear it today because I gotta most likely cut grass. I don't look at it like it's American flag, first and foremost. But if other people looked at it and go, man, take that flag off, I'd slap the shit out of them. Like, get the fuck out of here, nigga. You know what I'm saying? But the Confederate flag, this history behind it, and most of it, it was all set up to get the blacks to react. And it worked out. Like he mentioned, we're going to play a little bit more of this. I'm already going over what I was supposed to go over. That's why I'm not really messing with the sounds on this one. I'm going to mess with the sounds a little bit in the next segment later on in this episode, technically, because I just wanted to start something up. And I think the Confederate flag thing is just long overdue that we really have this discussion. I don't care about it. I want like the Confederate flag means nothing to me. And I'm not even saying that in a negative way, because like I said, a lot of friends or the people that I was talking to, hanging out with in high school, they were white, like white, 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 white. They rode a tractor. They got a tractor. Like this one kid, he just kept showing me pictures of his John Deere and shit. And I was just fascinated by the fact that he was really happy about having a, a riding lawnmower. But these are this is what happens when you look outside a race and you just look at the character for what it is, the characteristics. And stop putting appearance to character. Character is character. Ethics, principles is just that. There's no race that needs to be put into it. So like I'm like the point I'm trying to make is I was aware about the Confederate flag in high school. You know, this brother, shout out to him. Hopefully he mentions his name at the end or I'm going to have to look it up for, you know, being at the age he is and just learning about, you know, the history of the Confederate flag. All right. Let me know what you want me to know, kind sir. And, and, and just very briefly, and, and this is in, on my website and my articles, um, and I, I talk about this. And that is, in 1783, uh, 1783, there was a Treaty of Paris. And the Treaty of Paris ended the war between the colonies in Great Britain. And if you read the Treaty of Paris, it says that there are 13 sovereign nations that... Oh, yo, check this out. Um, and shout out to my cousin once again, Gorilla609. Uh, we talked a little bit. I don't know which episode it was that I uploaded but we talked a little bit about the history of the Germans before the Nazis and how like the Germans and shit were against slavery. <laughs> like, no, there was a, no, I think it was something like there was a Nazi party before Hitler and all the treachery took place where they were actually like tolerant and they wanted, it's just bizarre if you think about it. Cause when people mention Nazi, well, people, when people mention Germans in history, you know, the first thing they're going to say Nazis. But then there was supposed to be some other group. I'm not sure if this is true or not. There's supposed to be this other group of Germans who happened to be Nazis before Hitler and all the Third Reich shit. And and they were actually like about equality and they were like fighting racism (laughs) and they were against slavery in America. I'm going to dig up that video eventually. I think Thomas Sowell talks about it. Each state was a a nation 
And these states came together as uh, as principals uh, in, um, in in 1787, and they created the federal government as their agent. And 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 principals can always fire their agents. And so um, and if you read and if you read the uh, the ratification documents of Rhode Island, New York, and Virginia. They specifically say in the documents that if the federal government becomes abusive of the powers that we have delegated to the federal government, we have the right to rescind those uh, those uh, uh, wow. those powers. That is, we have the right to uh, uh, secede. And so, oh, shit. so most Americans <laughs> do not uh, understand the uh, you know they 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 think that the war was solely uh, for, uh, to to end slavery. Yeah, that's what I thought. Based off of it. <laughs> that's all. That's what I. And that's it. That's all we were taught in the history books. That slavery had a good. Slavery had something to do with it, sure. But it wasn't everything. It wasn't the whole premises. But it was definitely a part of it. Well, bro, that's that's honestly what I thought. I thought the war was specifically to to end slavery. Also, hold on. Oh, hold on. Also, I believe it was um, um, some parts were losing a lot of money um, from they was um, they was losing land. Um, they was losing their jobs. They wasn't going to be able to feed their families and whatnot um, because of some moves that the federal government. And this is another thing in the South. If you look at it, their resources were slavery, farmland and people to get crops the natural way. Right. And I'm not saying slavery is natural, but I'm saying the crops that they had, the cotton, the tobacco, things like that, they were more grassroots, literally, I must say. Uh, but the North, the Yankees were industrial, right? So all these warehouses and all this shit, that was mostly industrialized by Northerners or at that time, people in the North region. Folks down South, they had you know, cotton and all the natural, more natural resources. When the war ended, it's funny because you, if you think about it, the Civil War still takes place today. It's just less casualties. And there's no more regions because you'll go to New Jersey and you'll have Democrats, right? Dixie Democrats. More like Confederate type Democrats. And then you'd have more of sort of the rebellion, which becomes the Republican Party, the response. And it spread along the country. Oh, you can go to Florida and get a majority of Republicans, but you'll still have some Democrats sprinkled around. So the war ended in the sense of violence, but there was still the tension. And it's not about, oh, they want to bring back slavery or anything like that. It's more of a regional, like I said, it's a regional pride. That's why there's still terms like Dixie and terms like, you know, uh, Yankee. It's making, so they decided to say hell no to the federal government and, and, and take it to war. Um, and, and then somehow sides flipped and slavery just so happened to be, um, a part of that or something like that. Um, but okay. All right. So, I mean, naturally speaking, if we're, if we're going to talk about it directly, it would be implicated 
the idea of if it being against slavery was definitely a Republican move based on who created the Republican Party. Um, those who wanted to abolish slavery, right? The whites who put their who put their necks out for it for blacks. It's 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 been known in history. They were hanging whites <laughs> in some cases, just as much as the blacks for being affiliated with the blacks and trying to help the blacks at one time. So yeah, the slavery aspect of the Civil War became a big deal. And I think it was also a way to implicate and get black people on the field. Why wouldn't you fight for your freedom or fight for the freedom of others as a black at that time? I'm not saying it was a pandering move because once again, the Republican Party was created by people who wanted to abolish slavery. And it was a party that was actually directed to the Negro and in fact, the ones who wanted to separate, uh, segregate and separate was, in fact, the Democrats at one time. Whatever this flip shit people talk about, oh, they flipped. It's not true. When the union took place, the union won, there was a lot of, you know, peace. People were tired of killing each other. Right. War is a terrible thing. Right. But what ended up happening was the Southerners those who were in the Confederacy, they moved to the North. Some people who were up North, they moved to the South. And along with them moving, some of their beliefs remain the same. The only thing that really changes them is their environment and their region. If you're true to yourself, you're going to need evidence from others to change your views on certain things. Because like everybody else who may just have speculation, we're getting into the resources. We're getting down to the raw information and the shit that's not going to be in the news. And more importantly, and unfortunately, it's not going to be in the books for these kids. They're not going to really know about what's going on. It was always within the rules that if they thought that the federal government was not doing what they were supposed to be doing and they tried to take advantage of the situation and, um, and I guess, um, do whatever they wanted to do or was solely, uh, for, uh, to, to end slavery, but the war was, uh, for much more than that. And so, but however, the, the winners of any war write the, uh, write its history. And so the, uh, the Confederacy, um, uh, as just, uh, uh, you know, they've gotten a really a bad name. And I think that, uh, um, I, I think that this anti-Confederacy uh, movement uh, is uh, just uh, maybe one more one more step towards um, uh, you know towards abolishing many of our sin, uh, symbols. Now, one can argue one can argue whether the Confederacy was right in in, uh, in seceding, and you don't have to be for slavery. You can be against slavery, but that's an independent argument. Did they have the right to secede? And all the evidence suggests, yes, they did have the right to secede because the states were principles and they came together and created the federal government. And that right there should already tell you. Now, there is people who were from the region of the Confederacy that fought for the Confederacy. Did they necessarily fight in order to keep blacks enslaved? No, they fought for their region. 
I mentioned this before, a very controversial subject. When you got uh, the whites, the Germans, the Nazis at the time, who was siding with the Third Reich, you think they had information on what they were really doing and the, and the havoc that they were causing? I don't think a lot of them did, especially the young. You had young 18, in some cases, 17-year-olds fighting for the Third Reich. They didn't know. They were being programmed. They were being brainwashed. And it's the same thing. It's almost the same thing that's happening in this country where there's almost this level of dictatorship. You got to side with us or you're the enemy. You got to believe everything we tell you or you're the enemy. Or if you're black, you got to side with the Democratic Party or you're a coon. You're a sellout. You're Uncle Tom. But there's so much hidden from history, right? Just all of it hidden. And it's only a few who are um, able to bring these things out and just 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 let it be known. Don't try to cater to anybody. The information is for everybody who's not weak minded and easily offended. But this will be the first segment. I got to go in here, charge my phone for the last 30 minutes before I go off to work. But this is going to be one big episode. So I'll catch you on the next segment. This is a disclaimer. The Crimson Capsule Chapel is a podcast about awareness and self-development. Do not listen if you are weak-minded and easily offended. This podcast is from a red pill perspective. We go hard on 304 so you can understand their nature. Again, listen at your own discretion. Thank you and enjoy. You ain't got no money for me? I got bills. Car payment. I got bills. Phone bill, water bill, telephone bill. I mean, I gotta get to know you a little bit though. I told you I'm a mystery. We near the Dior store, Fendi, Dior, Gucci, Prada, Gucci. all these different stores right here. You gotta pay for that. You wanna get to know me? I'm not about to pay to get to know you though. I apologize for the rudeness, but the bag, yeah, still need that. What does the bag gotta do with Shut up, It's a regulation to the pussy. Like, Let's try like having a friendship first, then we can work our way up to that I dumb bitch. Cash. How much you got on you? One more. Everything that's in your bag right now. Yeah, right. You brought this car. You know what a down payment is, deposit. You know what that shit is. You sure don't be bad. I'm so serious. I just know you ain't got no man. I don't. I expect what I expect. I don't settle. What does that even mean, though? You ain't spending that bag. You ain't getting this ass. You're a gold digger. You can't make a woman happy. It's impossible. I've never met a happy woman in my life. You have money. Okay. I'm pretty. Okay. I feel like we a good match. Like we gonna go to a designer store, get me an outfit. We can do Gucci, Louis. Gucci. I still don't even know who you are. Gucci. We gonna get to know each other over dinner. But where do you want to go to dinner at? Somewhere fancy. Like where you gotta have a reservation. A couple hundred, like five, five to seven. What makes you think you deserve that? I just met you. But you like me. That don't make sense. I'm a hustler, just know that. Dumb and I'm gonna motivate you to keep making that money. Because if you want to keep me, you got to have money. Wait, wait, you said if I want to keep you, I got to have money? If you don't got a bag right now, you're not talking. So just because you're pretty? Right. It seems like you're looking for an ATM. Yeah. You got money now, right? Yeah. All right. But I'm cheap, though. I'll spend it when it's necessary. Okay. And I feel like it's real necessary, right? To spend it on you. Right. Go to the mall, buy outfits. Right. I would never do you a fucking gold digger. That's not true. That's a fact. I, I, I felt bad because I was acting crazy, so I'm Yo, like... get out. <laughs> Guys. <coughs> By the way, <coughs> I don't really got to do much introduction, but I'm going to do one anyway. After I play this music, because I did a part one 
Well, I did the first part of the segment earlier, which was at probably 11.45, 12. Right now it's 6.50 p.m. I'm on break, so we're going to play some music. I'm going to finish smoking this blunt, and we got some things to talk about. Let's get it. We are here. We are here. Gotta go down. Okay, we ain't here, man. And we back. We back. Once again, you already know what it's hitting for. Another episode. Another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. Alright. Continuing this thing off. From earlier today. And by the way, a birthday shout out to Jesse Lee Peterson. Are you beta man? Shout out to Jesse Lee Peterson. I think he's 74 or 75. He black. Old as dirt. Shout out to Jesse Lee Peterson. Birthday today. About to jump right in though. about to jump in. Fuck this, man. <laughs> Fuck that. Audience. Audience. Stop. Jersey Judah back with another episode, another edition of The Crimson. Chapel Air horns Oh boy Start of another week Monday Which is never a fun day I was lucky enough to get like a a pre-roll earlier But for the rest of the week I don't know I may be shit out of luck guys I might be shit out of luck. Won't have any reefer, but it doesn't matter. I'll still have an episode for y'all. I got to remember that I did 45 minutes prior. So this I'm not going to make longer than an hour and 15 minutes. So I really just want to jump in and say the things that I need to say. And once again, man, shout out 
to JLP, Jesse Lee Peterson. Today is his birthday. Jesse Lee Peterson is the man responsible for this. Are you beta male? Beta! 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 So, yeah. JLP, I think he's 74, 75. He old. He black. Oh, he black. He related to Moses. He know Moses. That's how old that nigga is. But really, uh, shout out to him. Big source of um, a lot of the, the ideas that I a lot of the things that I believe are um, influenced from him, from guys like Larry Elder, from guys like Thomas Sowell. But uh, Jesse Lee Peterson has been doing his thing for over 30 years. He's half. He has his organization bond. Um, I forgot what it stands for. Uh, man, I forgot what it stands for. I'm black, but he's been helping out um, black folks for like over 30 years. Um, bond is one of the uh, companies that that he's responsible for, which helps not only blacks today but Hispanics, whites. He's really been. Um, the anchor when it comes to black conservatism, in my humble opinion. And I think people like that, as well as people like Thomas Sowell, they don't get their flowers, they don't get their credit, and we need to give it to them. Round of applause. You know what I mean? Round of applause. You know what I mean? Round of applause. Um, I wanted to make this less dramatic, but I'm going to say it straight up. I'm getting sick and tired of what is considered today the red pill. I will say that flat out. And I've told you guys for probably a month and a half now, the writing is on the wall for me. Like when it comes to the whole talking points of reacting to bitches, complaining and all that shit, it's becoming tiresome. I know some of y'all are entertained by it, but something's got to give. And so I've been getting more into um, political discussion. And for people that's been listening, you know, the writing's been on the wall for that. I always talked about, you know, in five years or so, I would become I would talk about, you know, more political discussion. Speaking of that, we got something tonight. Liberal hive mind. Shout out to the liberal hive mind on YouTube. He white. And um, he got a good channel. I mentioned it before. I listened to him. I started listening to him um, during the pandemic. So during the time where people were just cooped up in their house. And like I said earlier, it wasn't like I was one of those people. It was just I didn't like going out of the house and being the only person outside without a mask on. Like I wasn't able to tolerate it. And it made me realize it, it didn't. It was like. It was God at that point talking to me, right? Because I seen the people who act tough, who act high and mighty and they're untouchable. When this situation was happening, you had you had fucking thugs. You had thugs with two masks on. What the? Niggas got two masks on. These supposed to be thugs. I'm like, yeah, I can't do this. Niggas still smoking blunts after one another. What a goddamn mask on. You got the mask on your chin smoking a blunt. I can't do it. I can't handle it. 
I couldn't handle it. But um, Liberal Hive Mind was one of those people I started listening to that really um, was one of the people that opened my mind when it came to political matters. And I would say more in the younger demographic. Of course, I can go to JLP, Larry Elder, um, Thomas Sowell, Alan West. I can name them black conservatives, right? Um, But like I said, with our country today, one side of the spectrum, or not even the spectrum, um, one side politically is completely blacked out, no pun intended, with blacks. And that's the Republican Party. And with the liberal uh, hive mind video, we're going to be talking about Ice Cube and the whole platinum. I think it was the I forgot what they called it, platinum plan for black communities in which I was I was uneducated about. And just to be honest and transparent, I just thought the nigga was pandering. I thought, you know, Ice Cube was doing some, you know, give reparations and all this bullshit. No, he just wants. The business aspect, the business opportunities to be accessible to the to the young blacks, especially in certain areas. It's like what I mentioned earlier. You got places like Trenton, Trenton, New Jersey. All right. The steel mills, all this shit that was bringing in money. These buildings are no longer there and the area and neighborhoods that surround them are out of control. Right. If you if you put in the money and you put in the resources to bring back these places, some sort of manufacturing company, something, make these warehouses useful, the crime rate will go down. That's the same thing when you talk about Detroit. You talk about the Ford company, uh, the Ford manufacturer, GM and all that, all those factories that prospered for everybody. You think the blacks were were singled out? You think the blacks didn't work in these steel mills and didn't work in these factories? Give me a fucking break. You see what I mean? But I don't want to go too deep into that. But with Ice Cube, I was I was wrong about him because he was actually trying to do some more. He wanted to. I, I think it's more of like an independent way of doing things. But still, if you claim to be independent, you're going to end up getting. It's hard to explain it. It's like you're going to get support primarily on one side over the other. Like I know just without even knowing who's listening to my shit. They're either listening on an entertainment level, oh, this shit's funny, he's off the hook, or it's like, oh, he's saying some real shit. But on a demographic level, it's going to be mostly right wing, black, white, don't matter, but it's mostly white. I know for a fact my audience is mostly white. And to be honest with you, I don't give a shit. I don't even want to know the race of the people listening. Just listen, like, like learn something from it. You know what I mean? Each one teach one. You know what I mean? Just times that by 10. And look what we got, right? Like I mentioned before, starting off with just a thousand. Oh, yeah. The whole point I was making is the red pill shit is tiresome for me. So eventually I'm just going to not talk about much of it. I'll mention certain con like like I, I like uh, please act right and all that shit. I like uh, AJ's rants reactions. He black. Um, and a couple other guys that I'll still mention. Uh, casual bachelor, especially um, undead chronic. Every once in a while, Hammerhand. I haven't heard from Hammerhand in a minute. Every now and then, I'll play you know content creators of that space. But me personally, going along with the talking points, 
Like, yeah, all the shit I say, I mean it. It's just how many times can I repeat it? And it's similar to what we're going to get into Better Bachelor, hopefully. Um, And he's talking about, you know, him. And I understood it. I I listened to the first two minutes. I'm not going to lie. When he mentioned Destiny, that's when I knew, like, okay, I'm going to mention this. That's when I stopped listening and was like, all right, I'll mention it in the show. Um, These so-called, you know, red pill guys and these guys becoming red pill or whatever the fuck it's supposed to be or Sneeko or Fresh and Fit or Rolo Tomasi or anybody who's the head of their own echo chamber. They're they're the ones who I wouldn't say they're in in pearly things. Also, um, if Kevin Samuels was still alive, I would say Kevin Samuels, too. But he did rest in peace. They have their own echo chamber. So the people only know the source or the they don't know the source of what's being said. They just know the particular person says it like with me. When I say things like he did, he black, all that. That's that's JLP. It's funny to me, so I'm jacking it. I'm using it. Shit's funny, and I like JLP. I think I think he's a uh, he's a I think he's a troll, but I don't say that in a negative way. JLP Jesse Lee Peterson, Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson. He's a troll, but he's not like. It's not. It's hard to explain. It's like when you can sit back and say nothing or when you can sit back and just observe and not have to talk every 10 fucking seconds right and see what's taking place other people from you not opening your mouth or from you just not being talkative and talking to every fucking body they'll look at you as shy and in all actuality you just don't want nothing to do with those people it's like that attitude but trolling like i said he just trolls he trolls people he's responsible for the beta male shit he knows what he's talking about he knows what other people's talking about but he'll ask them just so he knows from their perspective what it is to them see that's a different way of of playing chess you feel me like it's like you know the moves to make but you're just acting like you know you don't know how to play it the next thing you know checkmate you know what i'm saying because it goes back to like what me and my cousin was talking about before <clears throat> the loudest person in the room. It, it, it's not necessary. It doesn't necessarily mean they are the weakest. Their weakness can come from their mindset. Their weakness can come from their emotions or their weakness can come from their strength. Meaning they're all talking, no action type shit. But to say, especially a man, to say a man is weak. Like every man due to sin and temptation, every man is weak. That's that's the that's the grand finale of it, right? So when these guys, these red pill guys get to a certain point, they forget that hey, there was a time when they wasn't getting any play. They're only looking at what their possessions are, what they are making, the money that they have, because without the money and sort of the glitz and glamour that they represent they wouldn't get any play from women. But these guys forget. And so this becomes this whole red pill thing of like, how many bitches are you fucking? Right? And it's bullshit. It's bullshit. 
And just like what Better Bachelor says, like you either reach a point to where you feel that the red pill outgrew you, meaning the red pill is so based, so advanced that you can't keep up with it. And it's like you're throwing in the towel. You're going back to the dating dating apps. You're going back to simping. Some of you guys even trick for pussy. Pathetic. Pathetic. It's like you heard those bitches, those strumpets, those harlots in the beginning. It's all about materialism. It's all about possession. So women, and not all women, but these women are like becoming the representation of modern women. So a guy who's seen enough, heard enough, dealt with enough of these bitches, he ain't giving a fuck. He's not going to say, oh, maybe she just act that way and maybe she's actually a nice person. Guys aren't going to have the patience anymore. The women who are just gold diggers up top and they're all about money off top as in a weird way. I mention this all the time. You have to respect it because at the very least, they're informing you. You know, they're only there for the money. If it ain't the bag, she do it for the bag. You know what I mean? If it ain't for that, it don't matter. But like my shit is my shit always been about self-development and in a lot of ways, um, taking accountability and responsibility for your mistakes as a man, because, you know, goddamn well, most women ain't going to do that. Today, about 30, 35, not all, not all, not all, not all, not all, but most. All right. So I think it's just time we just jump into the video, jump into the fuckery. Where are we at now? Already 20 minutes. I talk too damn much. What the? Um, let me get to the, uh, to the fucking videos for fuck's sake. Shit. All right. Black people should stop voting Democrat. That's the first. That's the title. I'm not even though I would say some shit like that. Don't get it twisted. I am, quote unquote, radical to white liberals. Okay. To white conservatives, it's like one and the same. I don't have a problem with them. Sure, they're white. Who gives a shit? There's niggas that I can't stand. Niggas that I don't even want to stand next to. Like, come on, man. And I'm just being realistic. And like I said, if you're judging, if you're judging just for color as a black, you're no different than the Ku Klux Klan or the white supremacist. Now, that's a controversial thing to say, and I can stick by it because anything that involves exclusion involves the blacks. Whites don't make personal groups that say whites only and this is a white only fraternity, so on and so forth. It's the blacks, the blacks. You know what I mean? The blacks. I'm just quote. Uh, I'm I'm trolling a little bit, but real shit. But black people should stop voting Democrat. That's from the liberal hive mind. He white, and that's based off of an interview from Full Send with Ice Cube talking about the platinum deal or the platinum plan whatever it's called i'm black i don't remember and then we got um everyone in the male space everyone in the men's space is wrong except me that's what the video is called from better bachelor 24 minutes and we're just going to go through this entire first video i'm not going to talk so i want y'all to listen i'm not going to interrupt and say nothing for this whole video i promise (laughs) 
Hey guys, welcome to the Liberal Hive Mind, a channel solely focused on exposing the abundant hypocrisy of the left. You know, the 2020 election should have really been an inflection point, at least in my opinion. It should have been a moment where people woke up and smelled the coffee. That especially applies to black voters. I mean, speaking of inflection moments, when Joe Biden infamously said this, You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump. And you ain't black. In a sane world, you would expect that to matter. Well, at the time, it didn't really make too much of a difference. But it seems as though it's slowly having a residual effect. You know, it's certainly having an effect with Charlemagne. Biden running again? Joe Biden? Man, Biden, you know, listen, when you start your uh, video off saying uh, whatever, you put out your statement and it says, um... You're in a, you're in condition to run. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, but in moments like these, you need patience. The whole world isn't going to change overnight. It takes generations. Sometimes it takes over a hundred years to see real significant change. And I truly believe that while we haven't seen it just yet, we are seeing it slowly materialize. That Joe Biden moment was crucial. He said, "If you don't vote for me, then you ain't black." Well, if you're going <laughs> to say something like that, if you're going to imply that based on your skin color, you must vote this specific political party, you better be producing results. You stuck that in people's minds that they have to vote Democrat if their skin pigmentation is a particular shade. And now I think a lot of people are sitting back asking themselves, why? Why do I have to vote Democrat? And where are the incredible results that I'm supposed to be seeing for me and my uh -oh. people? Well, that's the question that's going to start it all. That's the catalyst in this cultural shift equation. And it's <laughs> happening, folks. Trust me, it's happening. And here's yet again another great example. As Hollywood wraps Ice Cube just publicly went on the record asking the exact same question. Why would we continue supporting Democrats if nothing is changing? Let's take a look at this viral clip and of course let's have a conversation. We got some stuff to get into, so let's roll the tape. Alright folks, so take a look at this headline from the Gateway Pundit. Hollywood rapper Ice Cube suggests black Americans should ditch the Democrat party if nothing changes. Here he is on the Full Send podcast. One more thing I wanted to ask about was um, like in the 2020 when you kind of supported Trump and stuff like that. What, what did you think about like, because you're Hollywood, you know, there's a lot of like. I'm sorry. I had to, I had to interrupt it. I'm sorry. I broke the promise. I'm black. Um, niggas don't keep promises. That's that's for whites. Promise. I promise. Get the fuck out. Anyway, I'm black. Uh, <laughs> this is where Ice Cube and, and I listened to this a little bit earlier. And plus, I, I kind of know about the story of this. But it's just more important to reiterate it for those who don't know about it. Ice Cube was a part of the Coon Clan. That's why I call him the Coon Clan, right? And I'm not saying he's a coon by any means. But what I'm saying is when he met up with the Trump administration, he had conversations with Trump and it became known and sort of the black media he became a coon, just like Steve Harvey, just like Kanye West. Jim Brown never gotten that type of treatment, but Jim Brown also met up um, with Donald Trump as well. But you're going to hear Ice Cube. He's going to do a smooth 180. He's like, yo, well, first of all, I don't support Trump. Watch, you'll hear screen And stuff like that. What was that like getting flack for that? I mean, I never supported Trump <laughs> or Biden. I never asked to speak Biden. to the Republicans or the Democrats. I created a document called The Contract with Black America that spelled out a lot of different issues that we believe were the reason why it was so much unrest 
after George Floyd was killed. Oh, um, and I, I released the document and everybody wanted to talk to me. The Republicans asked to talk to me and the Democrats. I went to talk to both of them about the contract. The Republicans asked, could they implement some things from the contract in the, into their proposal? And I said, the document was open for anybody to use in any way they desired. So if they just wanted to use it as educational purposes, they could. They wanted to add more, you know, paragraphs or more ideas to it, they could. They wanted to use it to change, get a law change, they could. So I didn't mind them using it. I met with the Democrats. The Democrats said, we like 90% of what's in there. And we'll talk to you after the election about it. There's like a stigma amongst like the Afri African-American community to like Republicans and stuff like that. I don't know what's going on in the African-American community when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Now, I mentioned this earlier because I actually tried to record this earlier, which is the reason why I did like 40 minutes earlier in the day. Or should I say earlier in the episode, technically? And... um. Rappers know about what's going on between the Republicans and black folks. They know. Some niggas can't review. Too, some niggas can't reveal too much. They cannot reveal too much. I pushed the button too earlier. I'm black. Push the button too early. But they, they know about the quote unquote racist Republicans and they also know about the so-called tolerant white liberal. They know they know about these people. They just can't reveal it. They don't want to they don't want to give out too much information. They don't want to give out too much information. Like black people have supported Democrats, you know, uh, overwhelmingly for mm -hmm. 50, 60 years. And and nothing has changed. So there it is. Something's got to change. Now, firstly, I have to give credit to the Nelk boy. Now, here's the idea. Does something have to change for the Democrats or does something have to change for the blacks? Just a question, because the way he asked it, it was almost insinuating that the Democrats need to do more. But if they don't, then what? You'll just have a lot of non-political blacks. Because they wouldn't imagine what the other side has to offer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think more black conservatives tend to be more independent in terms of getting things done. I mean, outside of color, just politically speaking, the idea of less government to deal with, less government, you know, fucking you over in the long run is a little bit better than a chain of, you know, democratic dictators. Dictators. It's like you can't really blame race directly anymore because you got a lot of the blacks, the blacks that run the cities 
are, you know, the blacks that are pretty much, um, you know, running democratic cities, they're all riddled with crime and chaos, crime and chaos. You know what I'm saying? Crime and chaos and corruption. So the guys at Full Send, you know, you really wouldn't expect it. They have this kind of like frat bro thing going on, but they're having really important conversations, tackling some seriously important topics. I mean, you just got to give them credit. And once again, we get another great clip from Full Send. And Ice Cube's description of events there reinforces the points that we've been making. Democrats don't actually care about black people. They don't care about communities in need. They're simply politically opportunistic, focused on image and branding ahead of actual policy. We see the same thing over and over again. It's a repeating cycle. Democrats will take advantage of sensitive topics like the death of George Floyd. They'll play into the activist base using rhetoric and showing up at protests, essentially genuflecting to the cause. But when it comes to implementing policies, they're nowhere to be seen. Tim Scott proposed a police reform bill and gave Democrats unlimited amendments. They could do whatever they wanted with the bill and present it to the floor. They didn't even participate because they didn't want to give Republicans a PR win ahead of the election cycle. The same thing here. Ice Cube put together a list of issues that the black community was facing. They took the call and essentially told them now is not the right time and never called back. <laughs> bye bye. Meanwhile, Donald Trump and Republicans actually came to the table and delivered a plan. It's not just the Republicans. I'm, I hate to say this, but like, like I said, I appreciate in terms of history, to be honest, I can appreciate the two party system, regardless of how extreme one side is. And I think Liberals who would probably say the same thing that I've said, even though we would both see each other as the extreme, right? A black Trump supporter, a black Republican in large numbers, it terrifies these white Democrat liberals. It terrifies them. Because then they go, well, what happens if a black conservative is powerful enough to be an influence amongst blacks. We'll lose our audience. That's the Democrats. So what do they do? Pander. Oh, you want reparations? It's coming. How does California, this is a meme that I, that I posted earlier, right? How is California a state that did not participate in slavery? have its whites whose family nine times out of ten didn't participate in owning slaves within slavery give all of this reparation to blacks with no real evidence that they are descendants from you guessed it, slavery I want to know I want to know What? and I forgot to ask did I ask I'm trying to think. I asked uh, I asked my cousin about reparations. I probably didn't. But, you know, it's like, come on, man. So just anybody, like I mentioned, like I mentioned a while ago, anybody with dark skin is just getting reparations. Is that really how we're doing it? I mean, I'll take the money if y'all giving it. I'm 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 looking at this shit the same way that the black Democrats the black liberals, when they when they had the Trump checks, the stimmies, 
They took that. They didn't get. They, I'm not cashing this. Get the fuck out of here. What the? You better cash that money. Stupid. Niggas at that time, there was there was just they was quitting their jobs, low lives, and and the thing was, the fucked up thing about it, the people that were getting extra bread, they were getting extra money unemployment. When I left, when I got sick, at the job. Then left the job due to that. By the time I was able to get unemployment, they had stopped giving extra money. So I was pretty much fucked. I was getting a lot less than what I was usually getting work-wise. So I was down bad. And when I was... not Because that was for around April... Was it a month? Really that close? Maybe May. I think April or May around this time was when I got the Trump check 2020. And I needed it at the time because I ended up leaving the job maybe a month, month and a half after. And then because I got sick at the job, and by the way, I didn't get COVID. I didn't get sick like that. Uh, It was a... some mold damage or black mold or whatever the fuck it was on the roof and the roof leaked. And I guess there was enough rain to, to break into the area and it just wasn't good. They gave me like 23 extra. They gave me like, I think 2,400 or some shit like that just because of it. And it wasn't COVID. They said, if you got sick, it was some shit where if you got sick at work, you're entitled to X, Y, and Z. So I said, fuck it. I'm gonna put that shit in. Because I technically got sick. I didn't get COVID. They didn't ask. They didn't specify. I got sick. I got pictures. I had pictures and took pictures of it. Because these cocksuckers, where I was at, man, they was trying to fuck me over. So I was trying to get one back on them. Which actually worked out for me in the long run. But that's a story for another day. Platinum plan for black Americans. You guys remember that? And this plan wasn't promising free handouts, more welfare and entitlements. The plan was proposing business development investments to create actual opportunity, targeting communities that need it, building from the ground up. But supposedly the narrative is that Democrats are the ones that care and Donald Trump is the evil, terrible racist. Even though Donald Trump was the only one willing to actually do something, to mobilize plans and strategies. It's been almost two and a half years of the Biden administration, and we've seen nothing. He said, vote for me or you ain't black. He got the votes (laughs) and then immediately forgot about you 24 hours after the inauguration. Surely people must be waking up to this reality. All these Democrat promises are generally empty and usually very suspicious in terms of the timing, all electoral strategy, and no actual substance to any of it. In fact, I'd argue probably the most insulting part is that most of the Democrat rhetoric when it comes to sensitive race issues isn't even really targeted towards black folk. I mean, surprise, surprise, the majority of the country is white. And with black voters voting at 90% for Democrats without change for decades, it's not like they really need a policy and performance track record, actual tangible results. They're not actually trying to convince black voters to vote for them. They already expect that to be in the bag. Their rhetoric is targeted towards white Americans. That's why they focus on activist narratives and grievance politics. They're more focused on white guilt and white savior complex than the well-being of minority 
voters. It's about making Democrat Karens feel like they're part of some social movement. It's Yikes. empty, it's manipulative, and my hope is that people are waking up. My hope right. is that after You're Joe right. Biden said, yeah, he's you vote for me or you ain't black, he's people here. start to ask the exact same question that Ice Cube is. He's out of here. Fuck him. Fuck that nigga. Sick of this shit. You know what I mean? Freedom of speech and all, you know, no physical. I don't wish any harm on him. I don't wish any ill will on him. He's already on his way out. Let's be honest. Non-coherent ass politician, uh, democratic spirited, having demon. That's what Joe Biden is. I know it. You know it. You know it deep down inside. Trump, the other nigga, the other white guy, bring him back. (laughs) Let's bring the other white man back. Okay. If you're going to have a leader of any sort, why not have Trump? Who else Who else is going to stand up against the tyranny of the country than Donald Trump? And I'm almost not trolling right now. I'm almost not trolling when I say that. This guy, uh, Biden, I mean, look at him. He's a failure. He's a loser. You know, he's, he's a loser. He lost the last election. You know it. I know it. No need. There's no need to argue about this, right? And look, I don't give a shit either way. He's he's the president. My life, I would say, well, it's, it would be fucked up to say my life didn't get any worse because the inflations, right? Because of these uh, goddamn gas prices. I can't say this president hasn't affected me. He just hasn't affected me in a positive manner. All right. You know it, I know it. All right? What I go through, everybody goes through. Because I'm no different than everybody, except I'm able to express my opinions about this shit. Fuck Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the Democratic Party. The left, at this point, I'm like I'm so tired of these people. You guys don't get it. It's not a race. It really isn't a racial thing. There's a whole lot of whites that I listen to and support. This has nothing really to do with race. It's just the left. This woke shit, liberalism at its at its height. It's like it's like socialism on steroids. It's a step beyond. It's socialism on steroids. It's communism on steroids. These people claim to be against capitalism and they're the most materialistic people alive. And the younger the generation gets of liberals that come up being pampered and babied, they're going to expect things. And if they don't get things their way, they're going to complain about it and play victim. As a man, you should have tolerance for that. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like that. But 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 most people learn to tolerate it. It's like it's it's beyond going along to get along. It's like you literally just tolerate it. You deal with it for what it is. You know, these people are wimps. They're failures. And and a failure, when I talk about a failure, because everyone fails in life, right? One way or another. Or people don't, people don't consider it failure because of where they're at today. But everybody's taken a loss one way or another, right? It can be a literal loss, family member, a dog. You know, people are attached to all weird types of things. What the? Right? You get attached to certain people or certain things. 
and you no longer have those things, momentarily you become weak and pathetic because you've put in so much attention and so much time and so much effort in something that doesn't that doesn't even represent any form of longevity. That's why putting anything valuable into a bitch in the beginning is the most idiotic decision you make. You these women have to these women literally have to earn that. And I'm not saying that in a sense of demoralizing them or anything like that. It's just your time is valuable. Your time even if it's time to yourself, your time to yourself sometimes will be more valuable than the people that you so-called like to be around. A lot of people can't be alone with their thoughts. They don't understand. I would say the purpose of meditation outside of all that woo-saw shit. You feel me? Just meditation, silence, and trying to get rid of the thoughts. Any negative thoughts, you kind of like go back into reality. Like you can you can deal with people and they can say something so stupid that the first reaction in your mind to do is punch them in the face as hard as you can. But you know that that those thoughts in your head, that's not you. That's the ego. That's pretty much the devil. That's the that's the evil within you. The spirit within you knows what's right and wrong. Especially if you were raised with any fucking morals, you know what's right and what is wrong. And you learn earlier on that the right and wrong comes from everybody, anybody, everywhere, at any time. Doesn't matter what race. Blacks, we know. Niggas today are out of pocket. I'm black. I'm saying this. I I delegate with blacks, but I'm, I'm not a so-called exclusive black, black first type of person. I'm a character first type of person, not a black first type of person. There's people that I can, there's people that I can resonate with and there's people that I can't resonate with and people that I don't resonate with. Everything ain't for everybody. But that's the whole premises of this podcast, right? Like just me stepping outside and just talking about retarded bitches. Although sometimes it's fun, it's funny, it's entertaining, sometimes. Other times it just gets tiresome. Like, why not talk about these issues and these subjects and it be something that's more meaningful and has more of a, a purpose than just bitches? You know what I'm like, no disrespect to women. I'm talking about bitches. Like, even women. If like if a guy just had a podcast and he just talked about how beautiful women are and how men should treat women with more respect and shit like that. That guy is going to be a sissy, not only to men, but to women. Women are going to look at him as weak and pathetic. You know it, and I know it. Bitches today, they don't have... And when I say bitches, I say that in a slang matter. I can just say women universally. They don't really respect that. It sounds good on paper. And for a woman, it sounds good in her in her head that a guy comes along and just treats her with the utmost respect, kindness, consideration, and all that. But in action and in and in reality, it's the woman realizing, wow, this guy is desperate. This guy is this. This guy is that. He might be a virgin. Like, bitches are weird. You know it, I know it. A lot of these bitches are weirdos. 
that's why the whole blame shifting, if you think about it, it's a lot of evidence to what I'm saying. And I may have to just do a mini disclaimer because I'm about to <laughs> I'm about to go in real quick. This is a disclaimer. This is a disclaimer. Okay. The crypt. Okay. Now, bitches and their perversion, women in general, but I'll go more in detail so I don't generalize what I'm saying. Whores, sleuths, 304s, their mentality is to get as much as they can. Like their abundance mindset doesn't just go with the guys. It goes with the benefits she's getting from the guys. Like, yes, looks, money, status in that order. Looks is like the top. Because if you have money, you're just going to get used for your money. Status is just pretty much a pipeline to either one that's that was mentioned. All right. If you're if you're high status in something, there's a good chance you're making money. Um, if you're if you're high status in something, I would say that's more physical directly then it can be connected to looks. But. It's in that order, looks, money, status, or I mention it in the slang of large, medium, small, right? Because how how it's how it's looks at the top, money is the medium, and the reason why status is last because if you have an abundance of money, you're going to have an abundance of status, and if you're going to have an abundance of looks, you'll have abundance of attention, which at the end goes back to status. You see what I mean? But we're going to jump into the fuckery, the nonsense. We got through uh, Ice Cube going through his situation and how he sees it, which, like I said, doesn't surprise me. But at the same time, I asked myself, if he felt this way about the Democrats for this long, why didn't he mention it, especially in music? Why don't these rappers just think about it? Because they're all bought and paid for. We all know it. But I'm just uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, rhetorical. This is a rhetorical question. I'm black. All right. This is a rhetorical. But why weren't they mentioning this problem with the Democratic Party? Well, some of them did. I remember in um, the Clinton, the Clinton era. But none of these people, especially these these athletes, blacks, athletes and rappers and shit that talk about it, they didn't mention it previously. I, Kanye West on a music level, that was like there's words, there's I can't even describe it like it's I would say revolutionary. I I would say more like I would say that's like once in a lifetime type of thing, right? Like a rapper personally meeting with a Republican president, not just a, cause you know, a Democrat, that's like no surprise, right? So that's like the whole where Jay-Z and Beyonce was really pushing Hillary at the time when they were going against Trump. A lot of people don't know about that. I think there was a concert for it too. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But yeah, man, they're using these people and media to spread the lies. 
And so when people are comfortable with these artists and they're comfortable with these actors who are in fact paid to play a role, when people generally trust these individuals and what they believe just because of who they are, it's disturbing. But anyway, we're going to get into one of the final, definitely one of the final better Bachelor videos. And I'll explain why in a little bit. But we're just going to go through this. Matter of fact, let me delete this while I have a chance. This is 16 minutes. We'll try to get through it. Guys, welcome to Better Bachelor. My name is Joker with a face for radio and a voice for print. Um, you know, in many ways, I did a video about a week ago or so uh, where a content creator was who's, you know, Christian has a family and he has a, a son and he's married and life is working out for him very well. Uh, and he said, oh, the red pill needs a reset. And, and I argued back because he he was talking about pickup guys and he was talking about, I don't know, a lot of hot takes and talking about Andrew Tate and a lot of other things. And I said, no, you have it wrong. I, I think uh, I think he's got the red pill wrong. You know, but then then I came across this video and this is a debate on Fresh and Fit between Sneeko, who I don't listen to his content, Destiny, who I don't listen to his content, Cuck, Rolo, who I've heard a little bit of his content, Burn but out. I just old don't guy. listen to old guy. And uh, I forget the other gentleman's name. Um, let me see. Now, all this, all this being said, like I said, I listened to the first two minutes. But what he is saying, I essentially agree with. The problem is anybody outside of his realm of thinking can feel the same way about him. Somebody else can put him in the same category as those guys. I mean, wasn't he on the Fresh and Fit? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just shaky. The whole red pill thing becomes shaky. Like, I'll give credit to Ivan Preach for pointing out some of the hypocrisies. But I think with and I and I had to give them credit because it made me think, all right, if I represent something and it just so happens that it reaches a point to where anything and everything in the space that matters is getting pussy, how to get pussy, dating coaches, PUAs, all these things. If I if I reach a point to to where I outgrow it, then what happens? Do I still try to linger on to it? And no, I push forward. But I do give credit where credit is due for him mentioning this. I'm going to keep playing it, but it makes a lot of sense. Find it here. Uh, Michael uh, Sart Sartain or Sartain. And they're having this debate. And I listened to it and I listened to it. And, and I said, you know something? I don't belong in, I, I don't agree with any of these men, but this is what, what I don't know, red pill or the manosphere is becoming. There it is. And and to give you an idea of, of what I'm talking about here, fresh and fit. Um, and again, I have nothing negative towards any of these people. I just we don't agree with them. anything they say. We flame them. Me and my cousin, me and my cousin, we flame those niggas. We flame those niggas last night. <laughs> Flamed them. You know what I mean? Flame broiled them. You know what I mean? Flamed them like a whopper. You know what I mean? Whoppers. A double whopper. Fresh and fit. 
we flamed them. I mean, me personally, I think it's all entertainment at this point, so I don't take it serious anymore, which is why for me to still participate into it, I think I would just pretty much play a gimmick, which I, I enjoy doing sometimes, but it's just retarded. When it became, like, it, and it was coming. This was all coming. And every single person that was kind of mentioned had everything to do with the controversy, right? You have Sneeko. You have Sneeko who, who who went on a podcast and openly talked about going to a sex party and watching his girlfriend get smashed. You got Sneeko. I mean, not Sneeko, my bad. You got the cuck, Destiny, a man, a so-called man, beta male, if you ask me, with a fucking stripper name, openly talking about his girlfriend getting her guts dug completely out. Going to dictate what the red pill is and criticize the red pill. It doesn't make sense to me. And the people who defend it, to me, they're just, they just don't have what it takes. The only people that have what it takes is, I'll say Hammerhand. I'll say Undead Chronic. And maybe a few. And when I say when I mention these names, I'm not saying they're just the top guys. I mean, they'll be able to go back and forth with these guys with reality. Like, yeah, they'll mention the same shit I just mentioned. Fresh and fit. Um, Depending on how people look at them, they're either they're polarizing, but not in a positive way. They have a formula that they've almost created that other people are now using, you know, the settings, the table, the alcohol, retarded bitches, kicking bitches out. It's all theater. It's not, it's not what's actually going on. You're not going to, you're not going to find drunk bimbos everywhere you're going. But if you just so happen to be in Miami for fuck's sake, then yeah, that's, that's a strong possibility. But Rolo Tomasi, the final, the final, I think this is, this guy is the representation of the nail in the coffin for me when it comes to the red pill. The ego is too much and the information is too old to have the ego. You're talking old school, what was it, Neil Strauss, the game, you know, pick up artistry, (laughs) piss poor jabroni. Curtain jerking, jobbing, dick sucking, tranny fucking PUAs. Who ain't shit? All right? That's it. I'm sick of it. This is what ruined it. This is why guys, now I look I look back and so with certain content creators that kind of like went, I think like Wheat Waffles had some decent content, but then he went down like onto like the deep end of shit. So he kind of just faded away. But he mentioned with his story of how he became quote unquote black pill, which ironically enough, most black pillars hate wheat waffles with a passion. There's videos verifying this, by the way. But there was there was a couple of videos. I think he was talking about. Like I mentioned it before, like the dating market shit, it all makes sense. But then 
on the deep end, it's like, yeah, pay me, you know, five dollars and I'll give you a rating on your face. Like you're a man, dude. You're a man. All a guy would really have to do if he has balls, get rate me, the rate me app, take a couple pictures or have a couple pictures, post them and see what bitches think. That's all it takes. Why would you have a heterosexual man? Or why would you even want, if you're a straight man, why would you want a gay man judging you um, on your appearance or how you physically look and actually giving you a one to ten? I slapped the shit out of like, come on, man. Stop it. What the? But all these guys, they fell into the deep end. But one of the biggest representatives of that is Rolo Tomasi. Um... Like I said, the ego, having to mention everybody, we went through him before a while back when he was talking about, while on the Fresh and Fit podcast, talking about how the red pill should never go mainstream whatsoever, right? It should never go mainstream. And then he ends up on Dr. Phil a year and a half later. You talk about a snake with snake oil salesman, and he's the guy who called DJ Academics a snake when it came to his, um, you know, relationship and affiliation with Fresh and Fit. Something to think about. And and I find myself like, okay, maybe either the red pill has evolved and it's moved past me, or the definitions changed, or maybe I've drifted. There you go. Outside of what the red pill is. There it is. Because, you know, in this debate, and I'm going to be breaking this down, this debate over on betterbachelor.locals.com, um, and I'm going to do it for supporters only because it's going to be probably an hour, hour and a half long video. Uh, I'm going to do that in the next day or two for for uh, supporters as a live stream. I'm not going to do that here and now because um, I, 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 I just don't want to. I, I don't want to do it on YouTube because I have a lot of creative words to say. But Fresh and Fit are kind of in this mindset, and, and I think Rolo is a little bit there, where they're like, oh, to find a good woman, and they say this in the video, uh, so I'm not making this up, you know, before you settle down and to find a good woman, to know she's a good woman, and to, you need to sleep with 50 women, and then you have an idea of what a good woman is. And I'm like, I know, I, I know what a good woman is before I do that, so maybe I agree with Sneeko a little bit, and Sneeko's saying, oh, once you, you know, you, you don't have to sleep with women at all and you can, you know, find the right woman and then get married and only be with that one woman. I'm like, well, I don't agree with that. And then he says, well, you know, if you need variety, marry multiple women like and, and you don't have to do it in the law, just in relationship or in religion, you know, going with the, the Islam bent on things of, of having multiple light wives. I'm like, I don't I don't agree with that. And then you got destiny over here. who <laughs> Like this is a clip is. from destiny. I'm going to hold up, hold up, hold up. Shout out to Better Bachelor for this. But I'm going to get more into Better Bachelor later as well. Because I, I remember playing him a few times. And I just remember, like, it's hard to describe his style of things. Like, it's more stale, but also straight to the point. Right? It's a little stale. You know, he's not, like, the most energetic. Very laid back. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I got to give him credit for sniping this clip from Destiny. 
Um, this is a bad clip, guys. This is what you don't want to be in life. These, these women that try to teach men how to be more sensitive and soft, they're pretty much training cucks. Like, that's all they're really doing. They're training cucks. And it's like they, they groom them in this weird, it's like, it's a, it's a weird variation of grooming, right? They have these weak, pathetic men and they teach him, Hey, just be yourself. Uh, don't listen to what anybody says, all this stupid shit. And they're not making any progress with the women that tell them that. And they're always being put in the friend zone forever in the friend zone. But yeah, destiny. This is what this is a man that you don't want to become. And it has nothing. And guess what, guys? I don't give a fuck that he's bi. That's his that's his life. It's whatever the fuck he wants to do. Out outside of that, being a cuckoid is just completely out of the picture. Just so you can get destiny's how I see destiny. I'm in a poly relationship. The reason why I'm in a poly relationship is because I don't give a fuck if my girlfriend goes and some other guy because I know she's coming back to me at the end of the night because we love each other because I'm a cool fucking person. I know that if I'm not going to if I'm not going to gatekeep the fuck out of who my girlfriend fucks, do you think I'm going to chase you around? And I'm like, well, I certainly don't agree with that. <laughs> I certainly don't agree with that. You sound, sir, like a cuck. <laughs> what a embarrassment, jabroni, Rudy Pooh, candy ass. Beta. This is Beta Max. Hold up, just for Jesse Lee Peterson, happy birthday, nigga. Hold up. Are you a beta male? Beta, 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 beta. Beta to the max. Turbo beta, right? What the? This shit is embarrassing. Well, basically let his wife sleep with whoever she wants to. And so he... So Treacherous. Alpha Fs, you know, Alpha gets the game and, and, and she comes home to provide her to be, I don't know, friends with him and maybe give him a little piece of action every once in a while. And, and uh, you know, he can pay for the bills and he can be the bucks, the beta buck. It's just like, why would you sign up to be sloppy seconds in anything? When you have a woman, when you're with a woman, and that woman is, you know, she's supposed to be, you know, there for you and all that bullshit. Theoretically speaking, you know, rom-com setup type of activities like, oh, everything's going together fine. And then, you know, the guy realizes later on that the bitch is dumb. Like, she's stupid. She don't know what she's talking about most of the time. And then the guy who's supposed to treat the woman right, who actually treats the woman right, he gets, like, abused on, like, an emotional level. Like, the bitch will always will always say that it's never good enough and the guy will always try to do this and that. Those are the guys, if they actually go along with what the woman says, they'll be cucks in no time. You know what I'm saying? These niggas, these niggas will turn into Destiny 2.0s. Despicable. Disgusting, man. Basura. Trifling. Treacherous. Uh, well, I certainly don't agree with that. Like, dude, what? And plus, he's talking about a wife. Like, you. 
not only talking about getting married, but he's also now oh, talking about letting your wife sleep with other dudes. And, and this is like, like, step out. That's what you tell these guys. Look, you're weak. You're pathetic. I don't want to conversate with you about these things. Step aside. Let men have conversations. You're a guy. You let your wife. Oh, your girlfriend. You're in a quote unquote open relationship. Whatever. To each his own. On that level. When you put a ring on a bitch's face. Come on, man. I'm about to spurg out. When you put when you put a ring on a woman's finger, let me just be <clears throat> when you put a ring on a woman's finger, right? There's the whole vows, commitment. Oh, that's right. A wedding, a reception, you know, you spending all this money on a bitch because a woman, excuse me, going outside a character. This is me going outside of character. Um, you put a ring on a woman's finger. Y'all say y'all vows. You do the kiss. All oh, they clap. They throw on rice. Whatever the fuck these. I hate weddings. With a pa- I, yo, I hate weddings are, in my opinion, and I swear, Lord, I forgive me for saying this. Weddings are worse than funerals. There, I said it. Weddings are worse than funerals. At least with a funeral, they already dead. They dead. You just seeing the body. It's all the emotion, which is understandable, but it's like, whatever. You know, when my grandmother died, I remember my mom being torn up about it. But me and like, I think my brothers were the same way. Like, it's just like, we saw it coming at an early age. So it's like with death, even with death, I just learned to accept it. It's like you, and it, I always despise, not even, I don't want to use the word despise because it's almost like envy in a sense. And I don't envy these people. I dislike, strongly dislike people who mention people who are dead in a great way. But when they were alive, did it never mention them? I, I cannot tolerate people like that like where is that respect where was the flowers where was the credibility when they were on earth right oh it's they, they died oh now you think about all these things or you go to the you go to these funerals and the people that are dead they're dead they dead they already died they already moved on in peace right and you got these people that never talked to these people, barely had conversations. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Go. Shut up. I'm sick of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, really, I'm tired of it. Can't tolerate it. It's especially you go to black funerals and dealing with black folk. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lord, forgive me for saying that. But these come on, man. Get it over with. You know what I'm saying? People live. People die. That's how that's 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 kind of how life works, right? Some people they and I wouldn't say it's even nihilistic. I think my mistake previously was just looking at it as more of a nihilistic way of looking at things, and it really isn't. It's just me accepting life and death, just accepting it. Other people, do you you get too if you get too caught up on death, then what is life? You already dead. You already you're just 
you're just breathing. You're amongst others, but you're not living, right? There's no, there's no light. There's no spirit from within. Isn't this what the men, the manosphere and red pill used to make fun of? But here he is. They, there it is. They, they've invited him on Fresh and Fit. And, and look, a lot of people say, well. And the crazy thing is, barely anybody, like I said, besides Undead Chronic and Hammerhand, responded or mentioned it. Because they know if they mention some shit like that, it probably won't go well with the algorithms, with the audience, and it just won't be popular. But how can a person, a man nevertheless, be in an open marriage, let his wife or his girl, whatever the fuck he was saying, get pounded by other guys? And still be open about letting a bitch in and having some level of commitment to her. It's absurd. You have no room to talk about a man and what a man decides to do with the red pill or anything else. It's a fucking disgrace. It's good to hear other ideas. I'm sorry, not that idea. Negative. Get it out of here. Uh, no, no. Beat it. No man is gonna. No man worth his salt is gonna let his wife step out on him to get go pumped. get you know ridden by some bull and then come home and goes well I'm not gonna gatekeep and I I'm, no yeah. no and again if that's where red pills going if we're gonna have the debate about this stuff oh, I'm out yeah, it's over because if you tell me I'm gonna debate this guy and Lights I play out. that clip and you're like okay well we're gonna sit down and talk about it. there's nothing to talk about. The discussion is over. You're a weak man. That's it. You're, 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 ba- you, 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 ba- you let other men you have their way with your ba- wife and ba- you feel lucky. I'm sorry, I'm out. And then this, uh, this ba- Michael ba- Sartain, Tain, <laughs> Michael Sartain, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm getting it wrong. Um, he has more of a, like, he had the player mindset. Like, he went out and ran through women. And then he's like, yeah, and then I think it's good to settle down and, okay, maybe. All right, so here's one of the arguments, and one of the, not a major reason why I'm stepping away, but it could be a factor now that I think about it. So there's always this split, and I think the split, the real split between what people would say is more MGTOW, which is outside of dealing with women, but being aware of the nature of women, and the red pill, which is oddly enough getting information how to get women. But also that reality check and she's not yours, it's just your turn sort of mentality, right? Now, looking at, looking at how he explains this, right? You're either the extreme where you're just a guy fucking a bunch of bitches you got bitches blowing it, blowing your phone up. You're on these apps, notifications left and right. Bitches is swiping right. Everything is going good. That's less than 20%. In some cases, directly with social media, that's probably less than 10%. Time to go down. It, so the people that are listening, the guys that are listening, that probably ain't you, right? So... What happens is the audience gets split. So it's the red pill, but from a more philosophical sort of my way of looking at it with a variation and an acknowledgement of MGTOW, 
but also the red pill perspective and the ways of dealing with women and where I'm dealing with now, getting more based, talking about political matters and things of real importance. That to me is like that. That's the transformation pause of where I was going podcast wise. Because in the beginning, I was getting semi-political, but I also talk about other things and weirdo shit, tinfoil hat shit in the beginning when I had the public service announcements podcast. And then I kind of, you know, went into more relationship, situationship, you know, type of discussions in which I was probably... The most reckless. That was when I was the most reckless. Those episodes were raw. Okay? People that think that this shit is outrageous, get the fuck out of here. You see the conversations that I have with my cousin on a racial level? I have those conversations with whites the same way. You see what I'm saying? And the reason I say that is race should be something that's acknowledged, but it should never be something that a person has to restrict from someone alone, meaning regardless of how courteous, how presentable, how good spirited they are because of their race, you exclude them. But on a political realm, if you try to include everybody into just one little category of shit, it's going to get out of control. One group's going to feel better than the next group. One group is going to be left out. It's going to be it's going to be a catastrophe. That's the left in a nutshell, by the way. But I don't know if I don't know if if maybe I'm losing the plot. Maybe I'm I'm just so far off in the the guys going their own way corner that I, I no longer understand red pill. You know, for me, it was always about stoicism and. And, you know, some the yeah, others. Yeah, he's definitely more on the side of the MGTOW philosophy than anything. Because like I said, I remember a Better Bachelor on Fresh and Fit, and it wasn't a bad episode. It was just you knew from how he carries himself, which he's more stoic to himself. I would say more Sigma based than your, you know, costume alpha, your Fresh and Fit type of guys. And you can see the difference. Like, it's not his shit ain't about pulling bitches. Like, it's it's guys who've already been there, done that, went through it, talked about it and moves on. But other people, they sort of cash out just on that. I would say it's anger, but it's not even that. And I won't even say it's bitterness because I think every guy one way or another went through that stage. So it's not even a shame man, because of that. It's them not moving on from it. And then it's like, you know, fresh and fit. How many bitches can you kick off the show before motherfuckers go? All right, this is this is kind of getting old. Right? Like how many times? Right. But to certain spaces and in certain areas within the manosphere or red pill, these guys are fucking demigods to some of these squares. It's pathetic. It's sickening. I can't take it. I don't want to be affiliated with these people. I want to be in my lane, but this is still the Crimson Capsule Chapel. Don't get it twisted. Wink, wink. This is me stepping outside of the 
mainstream red pillars. I don't even want to mention them anymore. Unless it's something entertaining with Andrew Tate, because I find Andrew Tate entertaining. Although I disagree with him on a lot of things. But unlike other people, mostly liberals, I can listen to people I disagree with and appreciate the entertainment value of the content creator. We don't got to eat the same meals. We don't necessarily got to vote the same way. But when the influence becomes based on like political moves, like you can't really talk about if you think about it, if you're really talking about the red pill, you're getting into politics without even realizing it because of how society connects us and how we end up connecting to more of the conservative right. I would say center right approach to situations than the wild, wicked, disrespectful, disenfranchised radical left the feminism radical left pick up in there others it's improving yourself others it's oh when when we've got four different opinions like this and they're debating like topics the red the word red pill is meaningless there it is because it, it it meant to wake up to the real the way the real world works and to understand the current you know the current dating dynamics and to not in reality and just just from my perspective right to me the red pill is just reality right it's from the matrix use the same narrative you can connect and i did it before the modern day matrix is social media everybody's instead of everybody being plugged in everybody's being logged on connected to this sort of meta universe that's coming out, this virtual reality shit, and it's already the Matrix. 2.0, and people don't even know that they're plugged in. Some people haven't really lived life outside of their devices and their phones. They they have the experience, they, they live out of the experiences of others on social media. What the? Get the fuck out of here. That's depressing, man. And I've been there before. And like I said, I've reached a point to this day where I don't I don't even go on Facebook unless it's right before I start working and I just drop some base memes. That's all I do. And then I'll go on my phone before I leave. But I'm never on my phone directly on social media while working. If anything, I'm going through my playlist, I'm listening to shit, and I'm getting through work. Because what happens is people people learn, it's like they're being taught by social media to not appreciate what they have and what they currently are doing. They only see the progress and some of it is all bullshit. It's all BS. It's like women's beauty today is Photoshop. It's makeup tutorials. It's all type of BS. No disrespect, but that's just how I see it. It's a, it's it's almost like a shell to what it really is. And the shell itself is fragile. The shell itself is not even durable. These bitches can't even go into the water without worrying about you know getting out looking like clowns. All the makeup and shit. It's despicable. But. You, 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 you sort of see other people's experiences and what other people are doing and they make it seem so well and so right. Like they're just doing perfect. There's just no problems, 
nothing going on. Oh, it's this picture. Oh, it's this guy. It's the family. And and people who it's like an obsession to tell others that they're doing good with what they have. And I learned to just stack silently and not even talk about it. I like to just act broke. I'm broke right now, but I like to just act broke in general. I like to just be a bum to people. So that way I know the people that generally want to be around, it's outside of the realm of materialism. Bitches, most bitches today only focus on materialism. So for me to say I'm stepping out of the red pill, I'm not dealing with it. It's not a lie. It's just outside of what whatever mainstream people would consider red pill. Like I'm never doing pickup lines. I'm never telling dudes how to pull bitches. Like that's just that's just corny to me. And that comes from within. You're not going to get that on the outside source. You got to develop that. That's self-development in itself. For you to even have that mindset of, okay, either the woman's going to like it or she's not going to like it. She's going to accept it or she's going to deny it, whatever. You come up with that by yourself. You know, some other jabroni, some fucking gym rat, steroid using piece of shit ain't going to tell you how to get pussy. You don't got the muscles he got. What the? You don't got the Lamborghini, the Bugatti that he got. What the? But people love the lies. They're comfortable in the lies. The young men, the weak, the weak minded young men, they're comfortable in the lies. They don't want to face the reality that, hey, they got to do better to get better. As men for yourself. Fuck these bitches, man. I hate to say it like that, but come on, man. It's time to be selfish. Got all these hoes. They only care about the bag. You better start caring about that shit, too, nigga. You the one that's going to have to make it regardless. These women can just sit around if they're attractive enough. Use the most precious thing they have besides currency, which is that hole between their legs and get what they want. I hate to be raw about it, but this is one of my last, you know, red pill bug outs before I go back into the political world and stay there a bit just to cover all of the fuckery that takes place. But back to the video yourself in trouble and, and to be a strong, independent man. And then the more I hear about these guys saying, oh, run through women and and again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but to say run run through women before you try to find yourself the one or that only has a body count of zero or one and then put a dime. I even disagree with this on. Now, here's my problem with this. Would you rather the guy put himself out there right away, get his heart broken and then come to that realization and just fuck a bunch of bitches, treat them like shit, all this type of shit? Or would you rather just have a guy go about things his way? Cause he's going to have his own experiences regardless. You know, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't imagine that I would be sitting in my car on random occasions, just recording ever. Right. Um, but the reality of it is there's a lot of people that should, Right. There's a lot of people who have, you know, solid opinions and they can articulate themselves well to where people can understand them. But at the same time, they can be related by a decent number of people. Right. Now, look at some of the guys that I listened to when I started, even Rolo Tomasi. I mentioned him who in the beginning, like, all right, that's solid. 
the rational male. All right, solid. But outside of that, you got an older guy. He's been married for like 20 something years now. He hasn't been hooking up with women, obviously. So what so what can he do to help you when he's not in that space? He's not in that. He's not in the dating scene. He's not in the hookup scene. How can he be in any way related to you and what you had to go through? Because it's always that old head mentality. They always look at their time as the best time. But in reality, they didn't make enough time to do anything meaningful. It's just people living in the past and talking about shit that they used to do. But when you talk about what motherfuckers doing today, they're just complaining about all the younger people and what the younger people are doing. Nigga, stay in your lane. You got to start telling these old motherfuckers. Your time is come and gone. Let these young niggas eat, man. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, it's hard for me. The only people that I really talk about are the people at one time who went against sort of that, the red pill, but they went against the red pill based on just pearly things. Or they went against the red pill based on Andrew Tate. Or they went against the red pill based on fucking fresh and fit. And it's like, come on, man. There's better guys outside of all those people, respectfully. There's just better content creators outside of that. And um, I even disagree with this on, on people like Undead Chronic, where Uh-oh. he's like, no hymen, no diamond. I'm like, no diamond, period. So I don't, I don't. And here's another thing. I think he was married and divorced, too, at one time, maybe twice. Guys like and I, li- I listen to these guys, guys like, uh, you know, Better Bachelor. Um. The MGTOW Monk Hammerhand, right? They've been married. Um, the MGTOW Monk has kids. But I understand where he comes from when he tells young men to not do that. Too much risk, no reward type of ordeal. I understand when Hammerhand says it. I just don't understand when Joker says it, when Better Bachelor says it, I don't understand it. Because it's like, this is a, you know, Undead Chronic's young, I think. He's in his, like, mid-20s. So it's like, of course, he's going to get to a time where he's thinking, like, all right, you know, a lot of guys, they want kids. They want they want to leave the legacy, right? That's what they like to call it, leave the legacy, but you got to understand a lot of these men are selfish, just like the women. They'll have kids at a wedlock. They'll make poor, irrational decisions. They don't have the child in mind. Oh, how's the child going to be educated? How's the child going to live? How's the child going to eat? Because it becomes the responsibility. And when the, when the government came in and made sure the men were taken out, that's when they were able to sort of give these women sort of this illusion of being in control. Well, here's this housing. Here's the stamps. You just got to keep a man out of the household. Now, they still going to be hoochie mamas. They still going to be busy bodies. They still going to be out there for the bag. They got a kid to take care of shit like that. When they, when the man